Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, as everybody is saying hello here in the house, I want to take time to say hello to our online family. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, everybody, can we say hello to our online family watching all over? Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time watching online, a digital connect card is popping up. Love, we would love for you to fill that out. If you want a gift sent in the mail, please click that option. And throughout the service, we have an online pastor. We have uh, online hosts that are ready to connect with you. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are at. And if this is your first time maybe in the house, hey, can we give it up? Uh, give it up for all those first time guests in the house today. Thank you so much for visiting if this is your first time. Same thing goes to you. We would love to connect with you. Maybe you have questions about faith or maybe just questions about connecting here at Calvary. Uh, wherever you are on the faith journey, we would love just the opportunity to invest and serve you and your family. If you, or one big way you can do that is this morning is fill out a connect card. You can find that behind several of the seats. You can scan the QR code or just fill it out um, and somebody will with you uh, this week. You can drop that off at any of our welcome centers in any of the lobbies, and they have a special gift. Uh, just a small thank you from us to you for visiting. Thank you so much for worshiping with us, and we hope to get to know you real soon. And if you're a regular attendee, man, welcome back. It is so good to see your faces. And, and one last thing, if this is your first time, I uh, would like to tell you, welcome home. Welcome home. I would love for you to feel like family before you leave. We hope that you feel that that, 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 that spirit that that song talks about, that God is a good, good father. Because that's how he wants us to relate to him, right? As part of a family. Well, thank you once again for being here. Uh, another way that you can connect with us as we continue in our worship service is in the, the, the avenue of giving or generosity. As, as we partner with God to, to make an impact here in the triad and all over our global uh, missionary partner. There's several ways you can do so. You can give today uh, in the service behind several seats. There's envelopes. You can fill that out and you can drop that off at any of our new uh, giving boxes throughout the sanctuary here uh, by the doors. You can fill that out. You can scan the QR code there as well to give and, uh, but also you can drop those envelopes uh, there at our new giving stations. Um, also, you can Always give online at calvarytriad.church slash give. Several ways, uh, several options for you to give that way. If you want to give to Kingdom Builders, be part of, of, of that ministry, and you can find out what Kingdom Builders is. And also the most convenient way to give today, or wherever you're at, maybe even online, uh, is text to give. You can text your amount to 84321. Well, thank you in advance for your generosity as we partner with God to make a difference in this world. Amen. For everything else going on here at Calvary, please check out the screens. Hey everybody, I'm Danielle. Welcome to Calvary. And thanks for worshiping with us today. Great things are happening here at Calvary. So check this out. Here at Calvary, small groups are a big deal. 
Jesus himself modeled this for us in his life and ministry. And we believe there's no better way to follow Jesus than grow in our relationships with each other. You can find all of our groups online at calvarytribe.church forward slash groups. Join one today to find God through connection with others. We're better together. Please be sure to mark your calendars for our annual business and vision meeting on Wednesday, January 25th at 7 p.m. That night, we will be electing a few new board members. If you would like to nominate someone for a position of leadership on the church board, please get those nominations in today. For more information on all of these events or to register, please visit calvarytriad.church forward slash info. We're so glad you could join us today. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at calvarytriad.church and on Facebook and Instagram at Calvary Triad. Now, let's prepare our hearts to receive God's word. Well, good morning, Calvary. I just want to give you guys a small groups update. We launched several new small groups this week. And uh, we launched groups in kids for adults. And we had 50 kids in small groups this past Wednesday awesome. night. Awesome. Yes. That's a huge increase, about a 50% increase from where we were before. Uh, we started some new groups for adults on Wednesday night, some co ed groups, uh, women's Bible study, a couple new groups for young, single, and married couples. Um, started this week. Some really, really cool things going on here at Calvary. If you have not yet had a chance to get connected to a small group, there will be small group hosts at the tables in the back near the Calvary logos, and they would be happy to help you figure out which group would be right for you. I want to encourage you to get connected at Calvary through a small group. Amen. Amen. It was, it was an awesome week here. If you were uh, around the, the church at all during the week, there was just, there was a lot of energy and it's fun and it's great. And so um, I'm excited about what God is doing, not just here on Sunday mornings, but all throughout the week. We believe here at Calvary that, uh, that our vision and purpose is, is reflected in some very simple statements that people would experience God, follow Jesus and serve others. And if those three areas are really active in your life, I think you're, you're doing, doing well to reflect what Jesus' plan would be for your life. And so that's exciting. And one of the ways in the follow Jesus part uh, that we think is a, a pretty important is in our small group. So thank you, Pastor Kim and the leadership team there for, for all they're doing. Uh, it's, it's just fun. It's fun to see, see God at work. There's, there's all kinds of different activities. I get hesitant in this moment right here because I know I got to preach, right? But I just love to celebrate too. And, and it's just awesome to see what God is doing. And so thank you for what you're doing. Uh, it was just super cool. Even this morning, you guys, you students, you guys are crazy, and I love you. And it's awesome. Just even the camera image, uh, Michael. I'm going to I'm going to use you as an illustration that you're not going to like, but that's okay. You you still love me. It was just really cool. The image of back of, of Michael's head right there. Not not the young spring chicken. I get it. But then you know whatever. And then all the students, and then like the 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 mixture of families on the stage, and it was just like this cool picture of this, the, the cross-generational expression of the family of God. I love you. And I know that you feel the same way in that. And that's why I'm poking a little bit at you. Because quite honestly, I'm the same way. That's why I don't stand in front of the camera. So anyway, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, it's just cool to see what God is doing. And uh, you're a part of a family by even being here today, maybe for the first time, like Pastor G said, that uh, we really believe that, that God has a plan for each and every one of us. And we really believe that God's word is true. Like this, this word, this, this Bible that we believe is God's very sp- uh, spoken and now written word that, that we believe it's true. And so today in the rest of our time um, that we have together, we're going to look at what God's word says to us. And we honestly believe that if we apply the truths of scripture to our lives, it's for our, our good and that he is a good father. Many times the reasons why that maybe our life events and circumstances are a little bit difficult and off, not all the times, but many times, it's, it's because this, this guidebook, this, this word that he's given us, we, we choose to ignore. And that's, that's a difficult spot to be. It's a, as parents, we understand that when, when we sometimes say to our kids, well, if you would have done what I said, you know, and then, you know, we... Well, God sometimes, I think, looks at, looks at us and says, well, if you would have done what I said. And so today, let's just posture our hearts to say, God, I believe you're a good father, and I'm, I'm willing to listen to what you would have to say to me. And that's a pretty good posture to be in. So we're in this series, if you haven't uh, been with us in Acts, and it just simply is called The Story Continues. And we've, we've launched back into this here at the beginning of the year. Um, but quite honestly, we started way back in the middle of, of last year. And here's, here's the premise. This church, not Calvary Church in Greensboro, but the big church of the church of, of Jesus, right, that is all over the planet uh, with different expressions, it started way, way long ago. And we have a, a history of that written by this man named Luke, and he wrote this book called the Book of Acts, and it's sometimes referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, but we talked about how it's, it's more accurately the Acts of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus became flesh, and he came and, and lived a life on earth just like we did, and he was the Messiah. He was God-made man, and he came and lived this life, and we know even we've just gone through Christmas, and we've, all, we hear the cute stories about this baby Jesus, and all those are yes and true, and we celebrate him, but the end of his life um, ended pretty traumatically. He ended his physical life on this earth here on a cross and he was crucified. And the Bible says that's significant because he paid the price for yours and my sins. There had to be a penalty paid. And that was the, the sacrifice that he made. He was buried, he put in a tomb, and three days later, the Bible says that they went and they rolled the stone away and he was not there. And we, to this day, can say the story continues because he is not in a tomb. He is risen, he is alive, he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's thinking about you and he's thinking about me. He's interceding for us and that's awesome. But he gave us some promises before he left. One of those promises said, I've gotta go away. And when I go away, I'm going to send a comforter or a spirit to be with you. And that Holy Spirit is still active and moving in our lives today when we allow him to be the king of our life, when his reign becomes present in our life. And so today, this idea of kingdom come is going to be where we focus our our hearts and attention here today. It's in Acts chapter 11 verse 19. So as you may be flipping in your pages there of your Bible or scrolling down through your app or whatever, um, let me just give you this premise. We're going to be talking about this idea of 
kingdom a lot today. And if we're not careful, we allow our, you know, 2023 American view, Western view, whatever, to really provide a hurdle for even addressing this idea of kingdom, right? Because we are very focused um, here, especially in this nation, we're very focused on the individual the rights and, and freedom. And it's, it's, if we're not careful, even in the church, we can allow the, the self-centeredness of, 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 of our culture to seep in. The truth of it is, is that when God established his kingdom, the people that he has first began having this language and talking with, they would have understood kingdom. It was very like militaristic society. They understood the Roman empire and all these different kingdoms that were at, at war, literally sometimes physically with each other. But there was this kingdom mindset for us. That's a little bit difficult, right? Because we're in this nation and the idea of kingdom can have a negative connotation. I'm going to, I'm going to beg you today to please don't allow that, that filter to be over this idea of kingdom because the truth of it is, is that God is the king and he reigns and this is his earth and his world and we're in it and I'm so glad that he gives us a purpose in that plan, but it's all a part of that kingdom. And so these people in this very first um, launching stages of the church, there was this Um, There was this shifting of thought as it related to kingdom because they would have seen a physical group of people kingdom. And Jesus began to speak things like the kingdom of heaven is at hand and the kingdom of God is within you. And they would have seen things through the lens of physical and, and this shift of what God was trying to get them to understand was transformational. It, it blew their minds. It was unbelievably significant in their lives. It was far more significant than the latest iOS update that you just installed on your phone that you, I don't know, understand how, whatever. It was the iPhone. It was before there was, you guys, there's students in the room that don't even understand that there used to be this device that you put up against your head to hear somebody else, that a physical cord had to be connected to it. And it was usually about 24,000 feet long, curled up and crinkled up that you could never get whatever. And it reached from the kitchen right by the refrigerator through the, down the hall and through three rooms and you could shut the door and put the cord under it and you could still talk to your friends and it was awesome. It was, and then this phone came along that tra- changed everything. It was transformational to our way of thinking. Some of you remember the day of the VCR, right? You remember when you had the VHS t- tapes and the little shelf that popped up? It was like ET that you put it in there or whatever. And it's like, how many of you still, to this day, if you had a VCR, it would still be blinking 12 o'clock on there. You just never have any clue on how to do it. You just leave it alone. Right now, if I went into your homes, I promise you, your microwaves are still doing the same thing. You're like, oh, don't even look at that or whatever. But there's these things that come into our lives that transform the way we think. And I said that about the VCR because then there was a, the DVDs. And now, somebody handed me a DVD the other day and said, you should watch this. You know what I did? I was just like, I have no way to even view this piece of this frisbee. This was, Dave, it was, the, it was the worst disc golf. It was the worst disc to play disc golf ever or whatever. It was just terrible. I, I don't even have a way to do that. There are these things that happen in our world from, from a technology standpoint, from a, a, a other areas that are just transformational. They just change the way you think about everything. Many of you that are in this room, you could say the same thing about the day that you met Jesus. It was transformational. 
It changed your trajectory of your life. You began to think differently, whereas one time, and it was one day, it was instantly that you shifted from thinking about how can things benefit me and how can my plans and desires really fulfill me. And then there's this, this man named Jesus who changed everything and your, your life and your viewpoint turned differently. And all of a sudden you begin to see things through a different lens. It changed everything. Kingdom is the same way. And we're going to see in this story, I want you to get this. I'm spending some time on intro here today for a reason in that, that, that this idea of kingdom come, of, of my kingdom, of the kingdom of God being advancing in these people's lives, it was transformational. It changed everything. And so in Acts chapter 11 and verse 19, it starts with this um, story of this early church. It says, meanwhile... The believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. Now, you're going to see even in the next statement that there's a both and of this, right? But there was a group of people that felt like this kingdom that Jesus was speaking of was very exclusive. It was very much for the Jewish church because that's the way they were raised. That's the way their culture was. They were like, this kingdom is for us. And we're going to see in just very different perspectives here how that, that this idea of kingdom was was way more transformational than that. In fact, the next verse even says, however, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. Little background on these statements, the Jews and Gentiles, just so we all understand. The Jews were those, those children of Israel, those that the, the church was birthed in and it had its foundation in it. But Jesus came and he said that there, there, there was this different view that he was trying to get them to understand that this message of the gospel, of his good news, of the sacrifice that he would provide was for the Jew and the, the Gentile. And the Gentile just simply means that the, those people that weren't of the Jewish faith. So when you see this word Gentile, it's the idea of most of us in this room. And I'm so glad that this gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile because I am a recipient of that change of the way the kingdom functions there. So just understand there was an expansion of this idea of kingdom. In verse 21, it says, the power of the Lord was with them and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. And when the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, boy, it was visible. There were things, there were things happening in that, that, that church there in Antioch. And again, we'll see in a minute, this Antioch church was Jew and Gentile. It was this, this, um, this the melting pot is the phrase that we would say as it relates to our nation. It was just this expansion of God's um, kingdom. Verse 23, it says he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Verse 25, then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Remember, we've heard the story of Saul, right? Saul's hometown, Tarsus, Saul was there. He's now known as Paul, was a former persecutor of the church, right? He was, he was mean. <laughs> he was a rotten dude. 
And yet he had this transformation experience. Now Paul or Barnabas is in the situation in Antioch in this church. And he's realizing being from the Jewish faith, he's realizing he needs someone that is called to those Gentiles to help, help bridge the gap between these two groups of people. And so he went to Tarsus and when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. And during this same time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. And this was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. Verse 29. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea. Everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. A lot of cities, a lot of places in this that I want to explain why this is significant. Because when we talk about the kingdom of God coming, it is, there's two um, main elements that I want you to understand. One was spiritually how the, the message would translate to everybody. Like it was not just for the Jews and Gentiles. And two, there was this understanding and recognition that this had impact geographically as well. This was not something that we could just talk about here and keep it in the four walls or so of the church. This had impact greatly in the region. So much so that if you want to, if you, you um, history um, people and guys that just need visuals, let me just kind of do that for you here today. You guys may want to zoom in just a little bit on this. Here's Israel to the right, Mediterranean Sea here. Just real quickly, Jerusalem down here at the bottom. This is where they, they sent Barnabas out and they sent him to they had heard about this church here in Antioch. And this is where the disciples were first called Christians. This was quite a journey, right? This spread of the kingdom of God, it was, it was transforming the region. It was exploding in their, their perspective. And so they send Barnabas from Jerusalem up to Antioch. He says, man, I need reinforcements. And over here on the other side of this little end of the Mediterranean is Tarsus. This is where Paul, Saul was at. And so he's like, man, this is a guy who's been called to reach Gentiles in this church here. I need some help. I can't do it of my own. I need together. I need to, to be, be joined together and someone to advance this kingdom. That's a huge point. We'll see here in a minute that Paul or that Barnabas goes and gets Paul. They come back and they, they stay here for a year. And then what's cool about this is in that last portion, we said, saw this, um, this, this guy named Agabus. He, he um, prophesies about this, this famine and all this stuff. It comes true. What happens? The church in Antioch, who has been launched or birthed from like home, home base right here, this expansion, now the church in Antioch is, is sending gifts and is supporting, is supporting back the church here. Why is that so awesome? Because the kingdom of God in this earth right now in our place in history, do you remember a few weeks ago, Pastor Chadwick was here from India and he began to do a powerful word and, and he said it in this, in this, this room, he said it to us privately. He said, you know what? The truth of it is, is, is we'll send missionaries from India into these other areas. You, we, we got it. Like we're taking care of this. And there was this, this, this level of 
confidence that the church that, that many times has spread from other places of, of support and foundation now becomes so strong that now they become the senders of help and support. And so when we talk about things like that here at the church, the kingdom of God advancing, that's why kingdom builders is so significant because we can't do it all, but we can establish um, outposts and we can establish some, some areas of relief in other parts of the world that God lets our minds just get blown, right? Because of the expansion of his kingdom. And that's exciting. In a few weeks, you're going to be um, with us. Those of you that uh, uh, will come on the, the annual business and vision meeting, it's in a couple Wednesday nights on the 25th. You're going to hear some vision pieces that are very tangible as far as our physical expression here in our reach. Why is this significant? Because the story continues. And God's kingdom still advances. Aren't you glad to be a part of that kingdom, right? That's why we're here. It's not just to hear a, a, an inspirational message and have a, a moment where we would just say, wow, isn't God good? Because yes, he is, and those times are, are necessary and great. But it's more than that. It's about the kingdom of God advancing and how we play a part in that and have an incredible role in that as well. So when we look at the, this passage that we just read in Acts chapter 11, there's this idea of kingdom expansion that is really important to understand. The, the Jewish believers, I've said this, would have had this kind of almost an inward focus, and Jesus was transforming how they would approach that. He was expanding their mind. My question to you this morning is, will you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your hearts and answer this question how is the kingdom of God being advanced through your life? That's a question you need to wrestle with. That's a question that all of us need to say, you know what, that's, that's really interesting. How am I taking part in the advancement of the kingdom of God? Because the truth of it is, is God allows us, each of us, the opportunity to do, to do just that. Jesus talked about kingdom a lot. Jesus talked about this idea of kingdom to those followers that were walking with him, and, and probably some of them got it, but most of them really didn't. It probably wasn't until they saw it actually playing out and seeing this kingdom expanding that they had this idea of what the kingdom would, would mean. But here's the truth of it. This idea of kingdom, it demands a response. There cannot be a kingdom at work or active in your life without you responding to the king. Some of you, some of us, some of we in this room and online, we have made a decision to say, Lord, you are, are the king of my life. We, we, we agree that Jesus has, has saved us and has forgiven us of our sins. He's our savior, but he will also, he is also our Lord. The truth of it is, is that a kingdom with a king is not this idea of suggestion. It demands a response. A king doesn't suggest. He reigns. He reigns. And that's why there's so many times that we find ourselves in opposition to, to God's word or God's blessings in our life because we want him to be our savior. But this idea of being my king, ah, you can't, you can't have it both ways. 
He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And so when he speaks to you and says the kingdom of God is in you, what does that mean? He mentioned it all the time in his, some of his messages in Matthew 6. He said he gave us some instructions on how to pray. He said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and earlier in that passage in Matthew, we call it the Beatitudes. It was like his launching of ministry. He he preached on the mountainside and he was preaching to these people in Matthew 5. And he says this, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Later on in that passage, he said, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Can you picture being one of those people that would have been hearing this for the very first time and then possibly you're also one of those people that months down the road and years down the road, you were persecuted for doing right. We read just earlier the the martyrdom of Stephen and, and just the different persecution that this church would have gone through. You have to understand that they would have been replaying The kingdom of heaven is theirs. What is this kingdom that he's talking about? It was changing the way they thought. Matthew says, probably one of the most famous portions. I love this verse. It's one of, this is so key in Matthew chapter six, verses 31 through 33. He's talking about the things of our life that so many times can be um, worrisome for us and we worry about stuff, right? He says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? How many of you have had at least one of those or two of those questions already today? What should I wear this morning? Where are we going to go to eat, right? We all do it, right? I'm being silly a little bit, but if we're not careful, all the stuff of this world, it can be really worrisome. Where will my kids go to college? Who will my kids marry? How will they serve Jesus? You say, Pastor John, those are a little bit more important than what we're going to eat or drink. Yeah, but it's all part of this world that sometimes we we focus on um, the temporal. We'll see that in a minute. Boy, how can we understand this idea of kingdom coming alive in our lives? He says this, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. (laughs) That's, That's a little bit convicting when I read that, right? Because that's an assumption made in that passage that says, if you believe... You won't have those things dominate your life. I'm like, whoa, Lord, help me. (laughs) Creating me a heart that's a little bit different because I gotta be honest, right? There, There have been seasons, even recently, that these things have dominated my thought life and I have to recalibrate and say, God, I will not worry and be concerned about these things because your kingdom is advancing and my posture and my thought changes about that. It's this process. It's, it's, it's cool to see it come alive in our lives. It says these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. You are a good, good father. I love that song. It's so true. And yet even in this verse, you see the, the back and forth of, do we really believe that, that his kingdom would come or not? Because then in verse 33, this is the, the crux of it here. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Some versions say, seek ye first, right? The more for, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. How many of you have ever heard that verse before, right? Okay, yeah, a lot of you have. You've, you've, Matthew 6, 33 is, is, is like one of those, it's, the, it's one of those crucial promises. I love it. It's great. 
If someone were to come to you today, maybe at the restaurant that you're about to go to for lunch, or maybe in, you know, maybe at, at work next week or in school, and they asked for somebody, you know, maybe you had that verse on your, your, your cubicle at work or whatever, and they said, what does that mean? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does that mean? Could you accurately and adequately explain that to someone who hasn't grown up in church? Seek first, okay, seek. That's a weird word. You know, okay, just follow, pursue, go after. You know, the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? That sounds very imperialistic, right? That sounds, well, you know, kingdom of, kingdom. We don't use that word much, right, in this day and age. But, but what does that mean? Could you explain it? And today, what I want, I, I feel like this portion of scripture is, is begging us to do is to wrestle with some of those things and to make sure that we are, first of all, having that posture in our lives, but then we're able to explain it to others. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And then all, we, we get the last part of it, right? We actually really like the last part and all of these things will be added unto me. Wow. I know what that means, right? But there's that first part that sometimes is a challenge. So what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? We're going to talk about three things today that I believe that scripture points us to. Remember, this is what they were enduring in this chapter in in Acts 11, this kingdom expansion. But then it's reconciled with this seek first the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Number one. What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? It means that we focus on the eternal versus the temporal. That's an interesting word to say. We just focus on things that will last as opposed to things that won't. You say, what are the things that are last? Well, the Bible talks about things that are in eternity and us, we as our spirits, we last. We, 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 we go on. There is a life beyond what we see here. There are things that we, the Bible says that we can store up for ourselves, treasures in heaven. How do we do that? By giving, by our generosity, by allowing our resources that God has given to and through us to be a blessing to others and to be the furthering of the kingdom of God. We store up for ourselves. How do we do that? In our families, by raising our children and teaching them the, the miraculous things of the Lord and teaching them the Bible. How do we do that? We do that by focusing on things that will last. And the truth of it is, I don't care how in shape you are, you're going to die. Well, thank you for that encouragement, Pastor John. I appreciate that. I totally understand. It's great. You should take care of this temple, right? You should take care of yourself. And that is unbelievably a responsible thing to do because you are an agent of advancing the kingdom. And if you die, then that, that part of your life is done, right? So, so make it last, right? Take advantage of God's given you life and, and you should do that. However, we are all, it's appointed unto man once to die, every one of us. The truth of it is, is that we spend a lot of time on things that, that may not last. In fact, the psalmist says it this way. You want want some more encouragement? You ready for this one? Psalmist says this, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. Wow, thank you for that encouraging word. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is but a breath. 
Well, that can become really discouraging to us if we don't have a kingdom mindset. If we don't have a kingdom mindset, that is, wow, man, wah, 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 you know, that kind of deal. But when we focus on the eternal over the temporal, all right, it's great for me to live as Christ, die as gain, and I just know that when this life is done, I'm looking forward to that day because what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, right? And I believe that God has given us a hope to focus on the eternal over the temporal, but our lives sometimes don't reflect that. So let me slip on dad hat just for a minute and use an illustration that I've used with my kids quite often. And um, this is something that is just, it's kind of cheesy, but go with me. We're going to have a rope. Hey, Bradley, come give me a hand here right now. I'm going to call you out of the crowd. There you go. You're just the tallest guy out there. So your head stuck above the rest. I want you to come right here and take this rope and walk about halfway to that door there and just keep going. Pastor G, would you help me on the other side here and grab the other end of that rope and kind of do the same thing back there. Just go, keep going. Yeah, it'll, it should go untangled. I was a Royal Ranger and laid it down there, right? So it wouldn't tangle up, right? So and just keep going, Talk, go tight. We're gonna do a giant game of gump, uh, jump rope here. That's, I'm not gonna do that. That's good, not that tight. Man, it's not tug of war, Bradley. Come on back here. It's like, man, I'm about to fall off over there. So here's the illustration is this. This is cheesy, but you're gonna remember it, I promise you. If not for anything else, just the cheesy nature of it. If... The rope that Pastor G, Pastor G, hold that end of that rope up. Everybody see that? If that rope extended beyond the west lobby here and went on for miles and miles beyond where we could see it, cross the western part of the nation, right? Cross the Mississippi River, across the Rocky Mountains, across California, out into the Pacific, and just kept going. And in this rope, uh, Pastor Bradley, there's a prophetic word, right? But Bradley raised it up there. And if it extended on there into the east, past the east coast, the Atlantic, crossed the pond, right, and went forever. And this rope represented the, the history of the world and the history of God, right? You, we could not do that because God has always been and he will always be, right? But if this rope represented that, you know what this represents? The real poor representation, but it could represent your life, my life, and our spot in this story continuing. And if this little spot of rope, the white part of this rope here represents my life, the, the, the part that I get to play a part in this world here, then when I read scripture, it is a very dangerous thing for me to be focused all solely on what I can do to make this part better and lose sight of the story that has been and the story that will be and what small part I play in this. And that, my friends, is what God says when he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to be a part of that, but I'm just a small part. And I know that my part is significant. It is important, but it's just a small part. And so when the Bible says that we should store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, it's not in this section here. It's in that. And that focus is really a lot more um, present to us, right? Because this is pretty finite. You are going to be born and you're going to die, right? But your soul, your spirit, it lives on. And that's the part that we should be invested in. So when you say, wow, what does that mean? Well, it looks like this. So many people, you know them. And so many times that we kind of go through these seasons in our own life, we do the same thing. Our focus is on, we just got to gain more wealth, 
Like, we're going to make some money, honey, right? Like, we're going to get it, and we're going to get it right now, right? And that's all our focus. And you know what happens? You die, and you can't take any of it with you. You've heard me tell the story about my youth pastor, and it was my pastor growing up. He died when he was 33 years old. I remember sitting outside his house the night that he died. We found out that he had died. I remember looking into his garage, and I remember seeing his new set of golf clubs, He loved to play golf. And I remember seeing his golf clubs sitting in his garage. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly that day. It was just one of those visuals that I'll never forget. You know what those golf clubs meant to Pastor Jay at that moment? Zero. Nothing. Were those golf clubs evil? Nope. But if the life would have been focused on those things that were not eternal, boy, we're missing it. We're missing it. Don't focus on the temporary, focus on the eternal. God wants you to play a part in this story, but the part we play here is really temporary in this if we're focusing on the temporary, those things in this life. You get it? Say yeah. All right, all right. Bradley, you can let go of that in. Just drop it down there. And Pastor G, just pull it that way in your best Royal Ranger tying fashion there, whatever. There's pressure. You're feeling that now, aren't you? There. I use that illustration with my kids to talk about seasons of our life, right? That we think, oh, this is so stressful and this moment in time is so hard and yet it's just really a real small thing. How do we have the kingdom of God working in our life? We focus on the eternal, not the temporary. And that's important for us all of us. The second thing we do in this idea of seeking the kingdom of God is we focus on others, on others over self. And that's so simple and yet so powerful. Paul says it really plainly in Philippians chapter two. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only on for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. He also says in first Corinthians chapter 10, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. Boy, I could preach this verse quite uh, uh, extensively. I'll just let it kind of speak for itself. The truth of it is, is that we, if we seek the kingdom of God in our lives, it's less about what you have the right or the freedom possibly to do, and it's more about, God, you've given me this freedom, I'm grateful. How can that freedom be used to help other people know you better? How can, how can that freedom be something that would advance the kingdom of God? And when you become, begin to have those types of thoughts and postures in your life, the kingdom of heaven is advancing in you. It's not something you can see all the time, but it's advancing in you. Others over self. This past week before I even, uh, after I got all this prepared for the visuals, there's just, the Holy Spirit just spoke something to me on this and that it's, it is, um, as the Bible says, that we should take Jesus, uh, the nature of Jesus on ourselves, that he was a servant, that he allowed himself to, to be crucified for us. And I get it. That's yes, yes and amen. But there's also an additional part of this dynamic between others and self that's not necessarily only others versus self, but it's others and self. In other words, it's the, the idea that the kingdom of heaven most readily advances in relationship. When Barnabas went to Antioch, what did he do? He went and got Paul. 
When Jesus began to send out the disciples, he didn't send them out by themselves. He sent them out in pairs, right? He sent them out in this idea of doing life together. That's why, church, that we talk about small groups and different things and being involved. That's why it's so important for you to be involved in the body of Christ. Because this idea of the kingdom of God advancing, it happens best in relationship. It happens best when you sit with your friends and say, you know what? I'm really struggling over this temporary and eternal thing. And I'm focused on this. And you begin to have people that, that it's that iron sharpening iron in you. And it's this others and self that's so important. This past week, I was reading through some different things on this. Won't even go too deep into this, but um, some of you know this name, John Osteen. He wrote this book um, called The Divine Flow. And it talks about how that we are all created in different, um, areas and spaces and time. I get it as far as how it relates to the history of God, but we're created to have that divine God-ordained connection with people. Many of you in this room, that is very present in your relationship with your spouse. That's, that's obviously, it's a reflection of Jesus and, 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 and God, how he relates to the church there. That's awesome. But there's other relationships that are important too. How do we seek the kingdom of God? We understand it's others versus self, but it's also others and self. We do life together. Remember last week we talked about one another and all the different implications of that. So we think through this. What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? Eternal over temporal. It means considering others over ourself. And then finally, it seems so simple, but it's really difficult sometimes in our life. We say God over everything else. God over everything else. You say, Pastor John, that seems kind of redundant. Seek first the kingdom of God, and God, that's the same thing. It's difficult to play it out in our lives sometimes because we get focused on this temporary so often that we allow other things to become Lord and King of our lives. We don't say it that way, but it plays out in how our lives, um, the effects or the, the outward expression of our lives let me explain it this way. I'm gonna ask Pastor Clayton to come and uh, help us in the team. And we're gonna spend some time um, responding to uh, this message here today of the kingdom. God overall, what does it mean? We're all part of God's plan, but it's still his plan, right? It's still his kingdom. The story of the gospel, please hear me. Don't take this out of context and just say, wow, Pastor John, what are you saying? Let me finish my thought here. The story of the gospel is about salvation for individuals. It is about this reconciliation of you and me and us to God. It is. That is not incorrect, but it's incomplete. You say, whoa, 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 the work of Jesus, it's complete. It is complete as far as your salvation and your right standing with God. But God wants more than just to save you, just to save you from hell. He wants to save you, to have you be a part of the advancing of his kingdom. God's desire has always been to reestablish his kingdom on this earth. And we have to understand that our, our part in that is a piece on that rope, right? And it's significant. It's 
It's an important part, but we play a part in the advancing of the kingdom. And quite honestly, can I just be very transparent with you, is there's a little bit of release in that too, to know that it's, it's really not about you. It's not about me. I know that, that, that in this context, I have the leadership position in this church to say, you know, this, as far as this pastor and this, this church here, I get it. And I'm not even shirking that at all. But there's a relief to know sometimes is, you know what, God, it's your church. We're just a part of the kingdom. I'll, I'll, I'll step in here if you want me to, and, and, and I'll, I'll act if you want me to, but we're a part of something far greater than our own individual lives, right? We're a part of the kingdom of God. We're a part of the kingdom of heaven that's advancing. When you hear a story of a missionary come, like we've heard so many times in this church, of a, of a young person, of an old man, of a, of a single mom being saved in Cambodia and Vietnam and Russia and Germany, you should rejoice because we're a part of the same kingdom. And there comes a time when you say, God, you are bigger than me and I'm going through some stuff right now. You know, I understand your life may be challenging. I under, I'm not trying to belittle that, but the truth of it is, is that the kingdom of God is advancing. And sometimes he uses these light and temporary struggles that we walk through to advance the kingdom of God. Why? Because the people on the other end of your test, they need to hear your testimony. They need to hear the faithfulness of God. They need to hear that someone walked through that fire and they didn't deny me and they're still going on. Wow, that's significant. I want to be a part of that kingdom. How does that look? That means that we seek first the kingdom of God. We put God first in our finances. We put God first in our relationships. We put God first in our disciplines, in our life. I mentioned in the early service this past week, I was writing in my journal and and it's not a new thing. It's quite honestly something I have to re-up this commitment quite often. But again this year, I wrote it again as a reminder to me and it was just simply this, no screens before scripture. For me, it was one of those things that I was like, huh, turn off the stupid phone when you roll out of bed, check the time. Oh, there's a notification. And before long, the wormhole of stuff, right? And you haven't even read God's word yet. And it was a reminder for me, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Pastor John, you still struggle with that? Yeah. Yep. It's a daily thing. It's something that we all have to posture ourselves and say, I don't know what the area is for you. Seek first the kingdom of God. It may be some of those things that you focused on that are temporary and not the eternal. It may be others over self. The truth of it is, is that we're all gonna come to the point where we realize that he is Lord, he is king. One more scripture, Romans says it this way. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. That's a strong, strong statement. What does that mean? That means that every one of us will bow our knee to God, that he is the king. There are no other kings. He is the king, and we can either choose to this day, bow our knee and say, God, be the Lord of my life. I confess that you're the Lord. Be God, be king in my life. We can choose to delay and it'll be too late. My hope and prayer is that we would all posture ourselves to say, God, be the Lord of my life. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom? Focus on the eternal versus the temporary. 
consider others more than yourself. And as you do that, your posture of your life changes. And you begin to seek the things that matter and the kingdom of heaven advances. Do you stand with me all over this room? We're gonna, we're gonna have a different time of conclusion in just a minute. I don't know exactly, I'm, I'm not even really worried about the physical posture of where you may wanna respond, but I know that God is speaking through this word today to you and to me. And so whether it's coming to the front and spending the time on your knees in prayer, it might be kneeling at your chair there in the back, it doesn't matter where that is, but we're gonna have a moment where we just posture our hearts and say, God, I seek you first. We'll pray at the end. And, and, and conclude, so don't, don't, uh, don't rush here. There's people that are moving as far as the area of prayer and they've, they've been asked to do that, so I understand that. But the truth of it is, is wherever you may find yourself today, God really, really, really wants to be the king of your life. That is not about this kind of king. There is lordship. There are corrective things, but God's a good father. He wants the best for you. Some of you have never asked Jesus to come in your heart. We're going to pray together in just a moment for you to make that decision. Before we get to that point, I'm going to ask all of us, maybe it's taking the note card there in front of you. Maybe it's writing in your journal, whatever the, the response in that seeking first the kingdom of God is. I just want to ask you to spend a few minutes to, to focus your heart on response to seeking his kingdom. Pastor Clayton, lead us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seek first the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. And all will be added. Seek first the kingdom. And all will be added. Seek first the kingdom. And all will be added, all will be added, all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added, all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. All will be added. All will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be
You will be filled. 
times the in my mind at least I try to define things too too um, detailed and, and when we talk about the kingdom of heaven what is that and I'm like this is that right like just seeking God and saying God I need you to meet me where I'm at when we say that phrase that song literally is just praying and singing the scripture that seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added I don't know what the all things are for you, but God does. 
we're going to conclude here in just a minute. I'm going to ask Pastor G to come and just pray a prayer blessing over this this body. And, and there's going to be people that are coming to the front. And don't you guys don't feel like you have to move, or leave, or whatever? But they're going to pray with you up front. They're going to be in the back, our front and the back. If you're here today, you said, you know what, I I want to meet Jesus. Would you do us the honor of, of praying that prayer together with you? There's just a posture of heart that says, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I know that there's a better way, right? That Jesus paid the price for, for your sins and for mine. And it's just the, the admission of that and the confession that his penalty, that his, his sacrifice on the, cra- the, the cross, it paid the price for your sins. So Jesus, be the Lord of my life. We'd love to pray that prayer with you. Please don't miss that opportunity, either in the back or the front here. And online, there's a link that's going to pop up. Seek first the kingdom. Guys, I'm going to just encourage you one thing, and then Pastor G, come and pray. I would love to hear stories about how the kingdom of heaven is advancing in your world. Because it does, and it will. And we just need to be encouraged by that. Can you do me a favor and just shoot those emails and talk to us about it? We're just going to celebrate the goodness of God, how that his kingdom is advancing. Amen. Amen. Pastor G, come and conclude us in prayer. Well, as we get ready to dismiss, if our, our prayer team can make their way forward, or even those, our prayer team that go uh, against the back, and as we dismiss, as I close in prayer, please feel free. The Lord's not done with you. Uh, that we have our, our prayer partners here at, front, at the front and at the back at the wall where it says pray to continue. I just believe God with you. So let me pray and then you are dismissed. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this moment. God, we thank you that your presence is so real. God, that's why we, we come in here as a community week in and week out. Lord, to experience your presence. God, to hear your word together experience your presence. God, as we go forth this morning, God, Lord, the things that you've spoken to our hearts, the things that you're doing right now in, in our lives, in everybody's lives, here who's listening to you or even online, God, I pray that you would take what, what you did in our hearts here, out there. God, to our, to our homes, God, God, to our place of work, God, to our schools, God, to uh, the coffee shops, Lord, to the movie theaters, our lives, where everywhere we go, may we take the kingdom of God with us. God, that's you, that's your spirit. So God, help us this week. That your spirit will go with us. Lord, thank you for this community. Thank you for what you're doing here and what you're going to do out there this week. Lord, we give you all the glory. We love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen.